Now, friends, we have a special guest today. When we were beginning, uh, kind of planning out this series, um, holding it together when the world is falling apart, um, Stella, Pastor Stella, had this uh, creative idea. If you could imagine her having a creative idea. Uh, There's a pastor in our conference who does pottery, and he has at times done pottery while he preached about uh, the subject of a potter and the clay. And so uh, we have Rob Grimes here today, who is a retired pastor in our conference. Uh, He's also a potter, and he's the son of a beloved former senior pastor at Bethany, Bob Grimes. The chapel is named after uh, Bob Grimes. So uh, please welcome Rob today as he preaches to us and shares his gift of pottery with us today. How's that? Is that better? I'm soft-spoken anyway, so I really, really need a mic. But have y'all ever noticed that the church is the only place that lets children walk around with an open flame? <laughs> you think that's an act of faith? <laughs> Maybe just practicing, practicing our faith. Let a child run, run around a building with an open flame. It's really good to be here. It's been a while, and I'm, I'm grateful. You know, I have a long history with this church and been here to talk several times and really thankful to be invited back. Um, and if you'd let me, I want to pray again, and it just helps me to kind of settle down and, and uh, get centered myself. If you'd join me. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you for your, your spirit here today, that you're blessing us, that you're opening um, our hearts and minds to hear your word, and that you're going to touch us, Lord God, that you're going to anoint this time, that you're going to empower my words, and that we're going to take to heart whatever word that you might have for us today. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You know, it's, it seems clear to me in the, in the Bible that you can hear God talking, saying often that we can see him in his creation. It says so in Psalms. It says so in Psalms 19.1 where it says, The heavens are telling the glory of God, and the firmament proclaims His handiwork. Day to day pours forth speech, and night to night declares knowledge. Yet there is no speech, nor are there words. Yet their voice goes out to all the world. Paul talks about it in Romans 1.19. It says, for what can be known about God is plain to them. Ever since the creation of the world, his incredible power and deity have been clearly perceived in the things that have been made. He goes on to say, so they are without excuse. We should be able to see it. Today we're going to talk about what might be considered the least of God's creation, but it's the very thing that 
that Scripture says we're made of. In Genesis, it says that God formed man from the dust of the earth. But if you back up a little bit in, that, in that, those passages, you'll see that a mist went out over the face of the earth. So it was wet dust. It was mud. And the word that's used there where, where God, it says that God formed man from the dust of the earth is the same Hebrew word that was used when they talked about a potter and the clay. So this image that I'm showing you this morning goes a long ways back that the potter's wheel has been part of the culture for a long time and so they, they would have known what was talked about. So we're going to look at dust. And there's interest, something interesting that happens when, when you put water and clay together. There's an electrical charge that happens. And that dust becomes plastic and moldable and able, and, and able to retain shape and form. And my... The clay body that I use is so sensitive that it will take my fingerprint. When I press my fingerprint into it, it'll stay there. And if you fired it, it would be permanent. We try and get, all, get rid of all my fingerprints most of the time. But. So I just think that that's amazing because that's the very same thing that happens when God pours his living water into us, then he begins to shape us. And we begin to retain the form that he wants to put, put into us. He puts his thumbprint on us. He makes us even more into his creation. Another scripture I want to turn your attention to is Jeremiah 18. And it's the scripture for today. And it's where God says to Jeremiah, go down to the potter's house and there I will show you my word. And that's me paraphrasing it a little bit. But Jeremiah goes down there and I want to show you what, what he saw. And we thought it was easier for me to come to y'all instead of y'all having to traipse all the way down to San Antonio to, to my pottery studio. So I'm missing them. As Jeremiah was watching that potter at work, God spoke to him and said, just as the 
the potter's doing with that piece of clay. I can do with you. I can do with the whole nation of Israel. Can you imagine if you were stopped and let God work with you the way he wants to, what he could do? How would that change who you are? How would that change how you do things? How would that affect the people around you? Of course, part of what he says in that is that the potter didn't, that the, and the way it says in that translation is that the clay was mired in his hands. Maybe he did something wrong or got something off. I think maybe the potter just didn't like what he made and wanted to start over. So he did. And I want to go through those steps because I think there's some things there that we can learn from that. And the first, the first step in the process of making a pot is that the clay has to be centered. And that takes the most significant effort of any part of the throwing process. And that's what this is called. It's called throwing on the wheel. Not throwing at the wheel, but throwing on the wheel. You and I need to be centered. We need to be, we need to take time each day to get centered. I get up early in the morning and for the past few years, my centering process has been focused on transcribing the New Testament in Spanish. I know it's a little strange because it is. And what I started this in August of 2019. And I had wanted to, you know, I am interested in learning Spanish, and I'll tell you more about that why later on. But I, did, I thought I would, you know, it might help me as I learned Spanish. It would give me some insight into Scripture. And I, I just retired at the end of June from pastoring a church, so I had some time. And I wanted to go through Paul's letters slowly. And just kind of focus on them. So I thought, I'll try this for a month. And I started writing the passages from Romans. And I, so I'll give it a try. I'll do it for a month. And then I thought, and that first month was pretty rough. And I got to, I got to the end of the 30 days and I thought, well... I'll go ahead and I'll do all the letters in the New Testament. But I'm not doing that revelations part. I don't want anything to do with that. I'll just, I'll stop there. Well, I went ahead and did revelations. But I said, I'm not doing Matthew. I don't want to get into that genealogy stuff. That, that, those words won't help me any. I don't know how they're going to be translated. Well, a little over three years later... I'm in Wetchels, 
which is acts in Spanish. And I've gained some interesting insight into Scripture. But I don't want to do that Old Testament stuff. I don't want to do Leviticus or Deuteronomy. Maybe Psalms or Proverbs. We'll see where it goes. I started doing a morning devotional time 50 years ago. A friend of mine who had been very influential in in my spiritual life was getting up at 5 o'clock and having a devotional time. And I thought, maybe I ought to do that. And God said, no, six. I said, yes. I think I can do that. And I started getting up and, and doing that. And it wasn't easy. But that's how I get centered. And I've done it different ways. And you can do it different ways. But it's important to get centered. Because let me show you what happens when we don't get centered. And I had that centered, but I'm going to knock it off center. See what I'm talking about? If you don't center that clay, then things get out of whack pretty fast. And if I kept going, it'd end up on the floor. It'd make a mess. How many of your lives have gotten out of whack because you didn't take the time to get centered? Anybody want to raise their hands? I've had had that. I know, you're wondering, is he ever going to keep any of that? Let me go through the, the rest of those steps and let's talk about them. So what's the first one? Center. All right. Y'all are listening. It's good to be heard. Centered and then open. It's not enough just to be centered. If you're just centered, you're just a lump. You're all smooth and round, but we got to be open. we got to be open to what God wants to do with us. We've got to be open to step outside our comfort zone. 2007, my mother called me up and said, Rob, honey, I think you ought to go on this mission trip to Guatemala with me. My dad had died a couple of years before. She'd gone on the 
in 2006, and I thought, I don't think I want to do that. That's out of my comfort zone. It's a strange country, a little lawless sometimes. But I didn't have a good excuse. So I went down there. And it didn't help my ease when the first morning we left the hotel to drive up into the mountains. We were going to drive about eight or nine hours up into the mountains. That the army pulled up with a jeep full of soldiers and automatic rifles and a 50 caliber machine gun on top. And I thought, where are we going? <laughs> How dangerous is this? I've gone back every year because I fell in love with that country and the people. And when I realized that when I became open to doing something outside my comfort zone, that God used me and God blessed me. In 2009, I became the chaplain on that mission trip. In 2022, I led that mission trip. We usually have taken 100 people, but because people are a little nervous about going down there because of COVID, we took a team of 50 out of the United States. We took an eye team, a medical outreach team, and a surgery team, and a stoves team. Part of what we do is we go into homes and we put a stove that's a very efficient stove and we put a water filter in and it changes people's lives. And now what business is a potter and a chaplain doing running a medical mission team You wouldn't think that that could happen. But you know what? With a strong leadership team, we accomplished it. And people were blessed. And nobody got COVID. Nobody even had any GI troubles. And that has always happened to at least a few members of the team. I think that's a miracle personally, but and we had a bunch of people from California come with us. That's what I was really worried about. Because some of those people don't believe in God. One of the, the leader of our, the medical outreach team has been coming with us since about 2008. And she tells me, you know, I'm an atheist. And I said, your head just hadn't caught up with your heart. Because nobody goes down there. And she, you know, she gets so excited about coming and helping these people that you know something's going on. 
She took her kids to church for a while. She's of a Jewish background, and her parents, I think maybe her grandparents, left the synagogue after World War II. They couldn't believe that God would allow that. So she was raised without any faith. She tried to go to take her kids to church when they were growing up. She took them to the Presbyterian church, which that, maybe that was a problem. I don't know. But, but God's blessing her, and God touched many of those people that came there for the first time this last year. Some of those doctors are now rethinking their career path. What do you think that means? It means that they're thinking about other ways to serve and care for people, different than the way they're doing it now. They were open. They didn't even know what they were being open to. And they came down there with a little anxiety like I did that first time. And God used them. And he's going to continue to use them. So let me get on with these steps. So after the piece is open, it's got to be pulled through the narrow space. It's where you take a thick piece of clay and you force it into a narrower and what, what happens? The piece grows. Y'all ever been pulled through a narrow space? I used to tease that my teenagers used to pull me through a narrow space. Well, I wasn't teasing, it was the truth. <laughs> but... Um, now I'm getting to watch some of them, their children, hold them through the narrow space. You know, payback's hard sometimes, but it's enjoying and enjoyable to watch it from the outside. I'd have to be part of it. So after, after the pulling part is, happens, you, can, you have to begin shaping. requires some pressure on the inside and some pressure on the outside. And there has to be a, a nice balance there. And I can, I can shape the, the outside a little bit just by using my hand on the inside. But if I have something, nothing on the inside kind of helping that, things again get out of control pretty easily. That you have to, you have to balance that. You've got to, and that goes back to that having that daily devotional time that goes back to being open to what God wants you to do and not, not necessarily just focused on what you want to do. 
that those, you have to have those two things working together. And sometimes you can bring it back after it gets out. You get that balance going again. keep this one for a little while. All of the pieces that I make are functional. They're made for a purpose. But they're not useful until they've been through the fire. And the fire transforms them. These pieces are a finished piece of mine is fired to about 2400 degrees. And the fire literally changes the clay into a new substance. If these were allowed to dry and sit outside, if you poured water in them, they'd dissolve in just a little while. But the fire gives them an immortal quality. Once they've been through that kind of fire, they will last for thousands of years, quite literally. Those are, you know, the archaeology, a lot of the archaeological finds are ceramic. They're the things that have lasted. That's what God's at work in our lives. That's what God is doing. He's giving us immortality. He's transforming us. But part of that is going through the narrow space. Some of it's going through the fire and being transformed and being remade in His image. Then we become vessels with a purpose. 
Vessels that can be filled with living water to pour out to the world. Would you join me in another prayer? We thank you, Father, that you are at work in our lives, that you are transforming us into the vessels that you want us to be. We thank you, Lord God, that you're going to continue to work with us and make us into your image. Put your fingerprint upon us. In your name, Lord Jesus. Amen.